My good friends, it's Ricker, it's Bond, but it's only Ricker talking about basically just the coolest stuff ever. A little class race economics and crypto and just fun stuff. It's just kind of what happened. But I did like three trimesters, so I'm pretty proud of that. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Politicians are a lot like that, like that. They should be changed frequently for the same reason. Yo, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to listen to Rick and Bond. We bond Finessing like David Lee, man. That song's kind of outdated because E40's doing like a little Warriors anthem, but all those players aren't on the team anymore. So that's kind of lame. If you like that team, welcome everybody to Ricker and Bond. In depth, free flowing conversation about whatever's appropriate at the time. I'm Ricker, and Bond would he be here, but he's not. So it's a solo pod. I was down to really just pod my heart out. I was going to hop on to YouTube and Twitch. And then YouTube and Twitch just screwed me in my butthole, dude. And that was uncalled for. I was excited. I was, I set it up. I'm Rick. That's Bond, says Marcus6610 in Instagram. Thanks for everybody joining in Instagram. You guys could be joining in YouTube and Twitch. And I set it up. I had the audio coming through. I was stoked as hell to pod by myself. Last time I did it, it was I was like, oh no, dude, gotta pod by myself. This time I was ready, dude. I was gonna hop on YouTube, hop on Instagram, I'm like damn, I got a bunny filter on. I even made <laughs> I made an AR face mask filter on everybody's favorite Spark Facebook AR. And it was gonna have my my name across my forehead. And they haven't read it yet. That was the first X. Second X was like, no, we're, we're not going to let you do this YouTube audio stuff. We're not going to let you do this Twitch audio stuff. Just ruined my vibe. And I'm coming here, had articles ready. Topics ready. Things to talk about ready. Like I'm crystallia pre-allegations, dude. Even without the allegations, I guess pre-allegations, he still might have been allegedly doing stuff that's no go pardon hard 285 it's the friday episode you guys are ready for the weekend everybody's working hard for the weekend to do nothing on the weekend how would you do something on the weekend huh ricker and bond how's my day going you ask ricker oh it's okay just doing the same old same old stuff kind of just talking to myself here thinking about what i'm thinking about dude Saying, dude, I think I've replaced my cussing with dudes. But maybe it'll be like a brand thing. Like, oh, dude, Ricker says that. Everybody's favorite podcast. I would like to thank everybody who listens to the podcast. Because there's, there's stats out there. There's statistics. There's humans that exist that click either Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whouse.live slash Ricker and Bond to click those links. If you scroll down on Adobe House.Live, Rick and Bonnie, you can see it. 
store if you want some shirts some merch instagram rick armand everybody that does listen i want to thank you a lot we'd be doing this every three days three days a week like an hour each a little more than an hour because for 15 minutes i'm trying to set up youtube and twitch and it doesn't work because apple sound hardware just is like no no we're not going to do we don't have the, the, the chips for it the semiconductors we're not going to do it we don't want you to pod hard. That's what they don't want. Once I pod hard, all their systems come down like a bunny rabbit, dude. It's no bueno for all these cats. I was really bummed that my filter wasn't ready. I really wanted it to be. But it's not. And I'm like mid. No, still not there. Lame. I want it to be really bad. Because it says my name. It'd be, it would say Ricker on my forehead. And like, he doesn't want their name on their forehead. 6 9 has his name on his forehead. He's already out of jail, dude. I didn't do a snitch, dude. Um, yeah, Bond's not here because he's at a funeral. Like, how unprofessional can you get as a human being? Like, three hours, it's three hours penciling in, no matter what, dude cares if your great aunt died raised you from birth it's just unprofessional it's uncouth it's just not something you do skip on a pod i've had five kids birthed on sundays tuesdays and thursdays it's the only days they birth out dude monday wednesday friday and saturday they're like now nah, we're gonna stay in this cooch they popping out i'm supposed to be potting i do pot you think I care about the, the bringing in or the leaving of life, celebrating of a soul well-deserved? <laughs> Disgusting. Going to a funeral instead of potting. I would pot at the funeral, a little live session. They're, they're burying Grandma Gammy. Next thing you know, someone on Twitch triggers the out loud donation thing. And you hear a hui. Everybody looks back and they know what's going on. It's a pod. They respect the pod. What they don't respect is the amount of diligence that is needed to skip funerals so you can listen to E40 Warriors E40 Anthem talking about players that haven't been on the team for six years. I thought that was a nice little intro twist for everybody watching or listening on the Spotify's, the Apple Podcasts. And me just looking at my crotch on Instagram. It's pretty uncouth. Not as that uncouth as missing a podcast for a funeral. Kind of monster. Goes to a funeral over a podcast. It's disgusting. Rick and Bond, everybody's favorite podcast. Thanks for listening. I duly appreciate it. Had some I I have notes, some R and B questions that I've had before that I would bring up to talk about there's about four things that I haven't brought up yet just because you know when you, when you get in you don't really need notes dude when it's R&B it's back and forth it's up and down it's black and white it's orange and yellow you know <laughs> some of these notes I got imagine you're the kid the child of a female on Bumble and her bio says she has kids <laughs> has kids and doesn't want more. Imagine, first of all, imagine you're scrolling through Bum when you're trying to match on your mom. It's not a cool thing. 
would imagine you see someone goes up to you like, yo, I matched with your mom. She says she has kids and doesn't want more. That means you're the kid that has ruined her child drive because of your stupid gusher addiction. Who gets addicted to gushers? Not a lot of people. Yochi Ensun Transport LLC. <laughs> Is that a whole business in your username, bro? Shout out to everybody on Instagram and Twitch and YouTube. Imagine you're the child of a chick and on Bumble, her bio says she doesn't want more kids, bro. That's a hurt in the self-ego. Second thing on my notes up is clock the only moving app icon. Because it moves in the dashboard of the iPhone. And is it is that the only one that's allowed to move? Apple doesn't do any other things that are allowed to move. A little monolithic there. What's it called? Monopolized of moving apps, dude. Uncool. I think that's as far as that note goes. Um, and then this one is a little <laughs> less shallow. Really crazy how innovation and new ideas work. Ellipses. On an iPhone right now, can't know what it will feel like to hold the device that makes this look obsolete. That's, I mean, we just take a step back there. You're on, you're on a bunch of technologies. Your iPhones, your laptops, your Shure SM7Bs. And people are holding their razor cellular devices, their flip phones, the one that you flip out in the sidekick type joint, like the keyboard pops out with, with when you do a, a movement with your hands, like you're rolling a joint, but you're popping out your keyboard of your phone to type LOL gay <laughs> in 2004 when that was the thing, I guess. But no one had any idea that I could be a bunny on Instagram, Rick and Bond, and be talking into a Shure SM7B. I think Shure SM7Bs have actually been around since like the Michael Jackson thriller age. I'm pretty sure he recorded classic albums using the same technology that I'm recording classic solo parts. And at the beginning, a little little side note, I was going to be like, hey, maybe this isn't an hour long. It might not be, it probably won't be a little, a little extra time there. I don't usually have. It'd be kind of cool. But, uh, but you know, I'm going, dude. It's going hard. Like you're holding an iPhone, and you're like, all right, dude, this is, to the main public, the highest it'll get technology-wise. You have no idea what's going to take it out, especially if it's not an iPhone. Maybe you have an idea what the next iPhone is. It has some LiDAR sensors, can do some AR, but... When AR's top king of the world, everything's through eyewear, Microsoft, Square, Square, dude. Microsoft was my my go-to stock I was going to go to next, not financial advice. I was hyped up for it. I've been reading articles, mesh, amazing. The amount of remote work thing, cool, really cool. Azure, Microsoft deep in these industries. And I was reading all these articles because I was down, ready, willing to make Microsoft my my rock portfolio, my baseline of the stocks I'm getting. And in comes the person I follow for stock advice and kind of life ethics a little bit. And he's like, yo, love Square. I was like, all right, I knew about Square and he liked it. But I was going to go Microsoft over Square. This man said, 
if you were going to pick one, he'd pick square. And I got punched in the mind mouth like never before. I was, what, what is going on? What is this? You speak of, I was down to roll with Microsoft. I was down to roll with the red, green, yellow, red, green, yellow, blue, probably. The, the windows, the mesh, which is like you're interacting with AR and other people are acting with it physically, but you're remote. Dude, that's the future, the future right there. I was down to give my ducats to Microsoft and their CEO, which is obviously the name of person Satya Nadella been there since 2014 after Bomber was like not the best from what I hear. I was down as hell to go with this man and his company that was educated in the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, 1990. Children Zane Nadella, Divya, and Tara and married to uh, Anupama since 1992. This is the man I was willing to, to lead me the promised Microsoft land. And in comes this person that I listen to. And is like, a square. If you're going to get one, you're going to get a square. And I'm like, my goodness, bro. I was ready to ride for Microsoft. Ready to go hard for the four squares of color. This man says square, bro. Maybe because it's early, you know. Microsoft been around since the 90s or maybe like in the 89. Let's look at this chart here. Might go into a little chart time as well. I don't know. Red, green, blue, and yellow. 1990. 1986 trading for 10 cents. Keeps going. Dollar. 96 comes around to $5. $47 a little goes down then just a baseline. It doesn't take off. Until 15 years later, really. But you, if you're getting, if you're getting shares of that the whole way down, my goodness. Does Gates even have anything to do with Microsoft anymore? Mr. Vaccine himself, man. Hey, listen, I'm scheduled for a vaccine here. Well, little, little secret to you and me, dude. I don't really feel the most comfortable with it. You know. Just a little wary. Bill Gates, apparently the biggest private owner of farmland in the United States. This man owns so many goats, so many sheep, so much farms. And all he did from 1989 to 1996 was look at his company and not get good stocks. What a, what a time to be Bill Gates. How much farm does Bill Gates have, man? Farmer Bill, third richest man on record, let's say. 242,000 acres of farmland with assets totaling more than $690 million U.S. That's nearly the size of Hong Kong and twice the acreage of the Lower Brule Sioux Tribe. Everybody knows the Lower Brule Sioux Tribe where... The author of that article is, is an enrolled member. A white man owns more farmland. <laughs> yeah, this, so this is by the Guardian, by a man named Nick Estes. It's an opinion article. And this, this little quip right here says, a white man owns more farmland than my entire native nation. 
That's funny. The United States is defined by the excess of its ruling class, but why do a handful of people own so much land? Land is power. Land is wealth. And more importantly, land is about race and class. Oh my. The relationship to land, who owns it, who works it, and who cares for it, reflects obscene levels of inequality and the legacies of colonialism and white supremacy in the United States and also in the world. I think I agree with that. The land and the distribution of work and who works for who is definitely a a class system that people have been doing for a long time. A little inequity in there for sure. If you own a lot of land, you can do a lot of things with it. It means probably capitalize. You can probably do a lot of buying of other things, making things that people will work for your company for if you compensate them. Some people haven't compensated people. That'd be slavery or internships. One of the two. Mr. Estes says, wealth accumulation always goes hand in hand with exploitation and dispossession. Uh, I mean, yeah, you take the land, you take the goods, you got some wealth. I think I might be going long here. I think we're going to go into a second trimester here, a little solo record episode, episode 286. This is NPR. Second trimester, Ricker and Bond, in-depth, free-flowing conversation about whatever is appropriate at the time. I'm Ricker, without Bond, hopping into the second trimester. I will admit, I was a little bit early hopping into the second trimester. I was only at 16 minutes, but it felt like a long time. It felt like a long time. It felt like the next trimester was needed. Uh, shout out to everybody on Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitch. Someone on Instagram wanted Pantera. Maybe if you stick around for 20 minutes, I'll play Pantera for the, the third intro of the third trimester. Don't really know a lot of Pantera myself. I know the, the, their name. I know they're a rock band. Like a heavy metal rock band. Probably listened to a song of theirs before, probably. But I'm not a big Pantera fan. I need to stick around. And uh, just show me, show me the, the tracks, dude. Before I left, I was talking about this man's article about Bill Gates owning a lot of land. And he didn't seem very pleased because dispossession, he says, and exploitation, he says, go hand in hand with wealth accumulation. This man says, in this country, enslaved black labor first built U.S. wealth atop native land. And you got some Asians in there, too. Says Nick Estes. 1862 Homestead Act opened up 270 million acres of the indigenous territory, which amounts to 10% of U.S. land for white settlement, black, Mexican, Asian, and Native people, of course, categorically excluded from the benefits of a federal program that subsidized and protected generations of white wealth. That actually is quite thematic, because there was, I think, New Jersey or something was uh New Jersey land black selling. That's what I googled. Um, 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 um uh. damn, I don't know what it was. It was some city was given a percentage of community that I think was a black community um ownership of some land because of some laws that outlawed that in the past. 
So Mr. Nick Estes is right, indeed, that there's some laws that made it inequitable for different cultures to purchase land, get some wealth in the midst of it. Not the coolest thing ever done by society, but definitely pattern of society's cultures. I'm trying to figure out what uh, selling house selling land to black people. Damn, dude. My Google search is not on point. Um, I think everybody's favorite Dorian Group 82. Might have had a story about it. Um, what else is Nick Estes saying? Our era is dominated by the ultra-rich, the climate crisis, and a burdening green capitalism. Bill Gates' new book, How to Avoid Climate Disaster, positions himself as a thought leader, how to stop putting greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, and how to fund what he has called elsewhere a global green revolution to help poor farmers mitigate climate change. What expertise in climate science or agriculture Gates possesses beyond being filthy rich is anyone's guess. Well, I mean, he might have some access to some people who are quite in depth of that field. You're well capitalized. You got a lot of people that you can listen to in certain fields that are very knowledgeable in that field. Does Bill Gates know himself how to stop greenhouse gases? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe Bill Gates doesn't know exactly how to stop greenhouse gases. But you could probably pay someone to know. I don't know. This man, I'm going back and forth to try to find these people that are selling these lands back. Where that though? Oh, uh, here we go, here we go, here we go. L.A. County, Manhattan Beach. L.A. County. To return Manhattan Beach property worth millions to black descendants. Officials said they're working with lawmakers on legislation. So legislation isn't passed yet. That would return the property worth perhaps $75 million to the family after it was taken during the Jim Crow era. CNN... Caption says a century ago, a black couple owned a beach resort in Manhattan Beach, a Southern California town known for its scenic expanse in 1924. The city, which wanted the land for a park, took the property through eminent domain and paid the couple a fraction of what they, were at, they asked for. I think in, in the past podcast, we were talking about uh, the administration, which is currently Biden 2021, April 15, was doing something in Texas that was... Uh, they were building some highways and trying to some, uh, sell people out of their homes so they could build some highways. I think that's done a lot. I mean, it don't mean, don't really know specifically what it is, but I can kind of guess that the government kicks out and pays people <laughs> to get out of their homes so they can do some other stuff. The right of a government or its agent to expropriate another cool word given to find that real quick take away from property equals expropriate private property public use with payment of compensation that's pretty crazy when you think about that government says hey I know you don't want to leave but we're going to pay you some sum of money and you can either (laughs) take this penny that we're going to give you that we we wrote in the laws that if we give you this penny, you gotta leave. You take a little more than a penny. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? 
eminent domain refers to the power of the government to take private property and convert it to public use. That's low-key crazy. The Fifth Amendment provides the government may only exercise its power if they provide just compensation to the property owners. Just compensation is the payment government is required to tender under the Fifth Amendment's taking clause for property that's taken through eminent domain for some public purpose. The amount due for the property is typically its fair market value, typically, says Cornell Law School, not all the time, says that little word, as would be assessed by a reasonable buyer and should generally compensate the property owner for additional expenses associated with or incurred by the taking. The purpose of just compensation is to return the owner of the taken property to the original financial position they had been in prior to the government's taking as though there had been no government taking at all. That's crazy. Government just says, hey, hey, we're gonna use this for public. And you gotta be okay with that because we're gonna give you money. And apparently it might be just, it might be not just, but we're gonna give you some money and we're gonna take your shit. Cole versus United States. Supreme Court held that the government may seize property, what year, 1875, Jesus, through the use of eminent domain as long as it appropriates just compensation. Clarify the government engages in taking and implements a permanent physical occupation of the property and must provide the property owner with just compensation, even if the area is small and the government's use does not greatly affect the owner's economic interest. The Supreme Court held that the general benefits which community would enjoy from the furthering of economic development is sufficient to qualify as public use. Community would enjoy from the furthering of the economic development. So the Supreme Court says that people like it, get out your house, boys. Charles and Willa Bruce, back to the LA County Manhattan Beach, left and died just five years later when their property was taken under eminent domain, I believe. Los Angeles County officials on Friday said they are working with state lawmakers on legislation that would return the property worth perhaps $75 billion to their family. Bruce's other California dreams stolen from them, County Supervisor Janice Hahn said. Generations of their descendants almost certainly would have been millionaires if they had been able to keep their property in a successful business. I wonder why the LA County is giving it up. Who just requested to be on with me? Did I, you know, I don't have Bon on with me. Um, so I'm really tempted to accept this. Someone on Instagram just requested to get on. Fuck it, dude. Let's go. What you got, bro? Hey man, you get like you get like ten seconds for me not to kick you off. Oh, you declined. You scared, scared little man. I'm talking about eminent domain in LA County, bro. Come on. Um, the, the young, lovely now dead couple, Charles and Willa Bruce, nineteen twenty four. They had a Manhattan City beachfront property, almost what it looks like. And they got eminent domain in the 24, classic year, 1924. And paid the couple not as much what they asked for. Might have been market price, maybe, though. Charles and Willibrus, 
left and died five years later. That's interesting. This is all during the Jim Crow era. Still don't know a lot about Jim Crow. Should look it up. Um, <laughs> there's a comment in that Instagram by Jack Riga. Why stop there and give the whole country back to the natives? You know, you, you have a point there. If you're gonna if, if you're gonna give stuff back, why do you drop the line there? What's going on? Summertime, fine. Where are you coming from? Who do you rep? How hard do you rep them? We're just doing a little lesson in eminent domain in L.A. County to return Manhattan Beach property worth millions to black descendants. Because we're doing a solo Raker episode and I have to talk about the news. News, news, news. Cornell Law School, shout out them for having public information about eminent domain. Land use and zoning laws. Uh, I want to learn a little more about the specifics of Mrs. and Mr. Bruce. Why LA County was like, yo, now we're going to give some land to some people we kicked out to build a park or whatever. I wonder what they built. ATL, right on, man. Part of what part of the, the dirty ATL. Is it dirty in your part of the ATL? I would suggest to clean it a little bit, a little broom on the sidewalk there. A little swiffer in the wind uh, it? I was about to say windshield for the uh, the windows I don't know they get dusty that's what I'm saying my internet is working so that's going to allow me to not know about Mr. and Mrs. Bruce it's pretty lame pretty lame oh what's up Tiffany solo Ricker episode Ricker and Brooks dude what's going on Tiffany we're talking about eminent domain pretty interesting stuff not that dirty. Then why is it called the, the Dirty South, you know? Just because of the Southern draw? Do you have a Southern draw there summertime? Fine. I feel like I have a Southern California draw. I also kind of talk differently on the podcast, but I do feel like I have somewhat of an accent. I don't know. Oh, dude. Oh, that's crazy. Okay, so these people, this couple, Mr. and Mr. Mrs. and Mr. Bruce, I think there is a beach called Bruce's Beach. Or maybe that's what they're like recalling it. What's up, yo boy Hardy? Um, that's crazy if they really, uh, oh, damn, that's crazy. So, LA County taking first steps to return Bruce's Beach property to descendants of original black owners. So 1924, they're like, yeah, we're going to take this property. We're going to call it a beach. And, you know, an eminent domain thing, I feel like a lot of people would like a beach. I mean, beaches are pretty cool. Um, return a scenic parcel. Talking about parcels, bro. We're talking about crypto, 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 boxel, boxel. A little essential land with the physical version of parcels. Scenic parcel of Manhattan beach land. To the descendants of a black couple who operated a beach resort. Wow, 1924, bro. Jesus. Was derided by residents and ultimately... What's derided mean, dude? These big words. I've learned like four words already. Express contempt for... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel like that was going on in 1924. 1924, there you have a black-owned beach business. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if the whites will like that. Ultimately condemned and seized by the city. It's pretty lame. Pretty lame. Not that cool. Uh, 
transferring the portion of what is known as Bruce's Beach. It's crazy that the beach is their name, bro. That's wild. Known as Bruce's Beach, the descendants of Willa and Charles Bruce requires state legislation to remove restrictions on the land, which now houses the country, the county's lifeguard training center. So now some 80, 100 years later, yeah. Almost 100 years later, they got some lifeguards in there where uh, Mr. and Mr. Bruce might have some, some family real estate. Um, I learned very quickly that I can't just give the property back, Han said. Han is the county supervisor. Came with restrictions where it limited our ability to sell or transfer this property, so I need state legislation to lift these restrictions and allow the county to transfer this property. Uh, a chairman of the Legislative Black Caucus said he will champion the legislation in Sacramento. I look forward to working with the county and getting this legislation signed into law this year. Interesting. Manhattan Beach, eh? Damn. They were just like, no. No, we don't want you guys to have business over here. A little eminent domain thrown at you. Apparently, the Bruce story is not unique here in California or across this nation. Public seizure of the Bruce's Beach property has a long stay in the history of the seaside community, particularly in the past year amid nationwide reckoning on racial injustice. 1912, purchased land for $1,225 in 1912. God damn. That would have raged in, man. That's unfortunate. They eventually added some other parcels and created a beach resort, catering to black residents who had few options at the time for enjoying time along the California coast. Found a little gap. You made the, you made the gap there with some some back against the wall, complete with a bathhouse. A bathhouse I only know has a weird sex thing, but we'll let that go, Mister Mistress Bruce. Dance hall and cafe. I would just like to point out that ABC Seven, whatever local. I think this is LA, did not choose to use the Oxford comma. No, I like the Oxford comma. The resort attacked other black families who purchased adjacent land and created what they hoped would be an oceanfront view. The resort quickly became a target of the area's white populace, leading to acts of vandalism, attacks on vehicles of black visitors, and even an attack in 1920 by the famous, infamous Ku Klux Klan. Bruce's were undeterred and continued operating their small enclave. Okay, Bruce's. But under increasing pressure, the city condemned their property and other surrounding parcels in 1929, seizing it through eminent domain under the pretense of building, planning to build a city park. It was indeed a park. That I said it might have been trying to do earlier. Resort was forced out of business. Bruce's and other black families lost their land. Families sued, claiming they were the victims of racially motivated removal campaigns, seems as they might be. Bruce's were eventually awarded some damages. You know, take $4,000, not perpetuity. That's going to inflate. You're going to have about 20 bucks there. As for other displaced families, but the Bruce's were unable to reopen their resort anywhere else in town. Bummer. wonder what park it was. Swings, maybe? Despite the city claiming the land was needed for a city park, the property sat vacant for decades, which is a big old punch in the mouth there to Mr. and Mrs. Bruce. It was not until 1960 that a park was built on a portion, so this is 
50 years later after they bought it for $1,222. Built on a portion of the seized land with city officials feared the evicted families could take new legal action if the property wasn't used for the purpose for which it was seized 50 years later. Damn bruises. Going hard in the pain. Somehow, though, Miss Hahn says, I think it's a she. Yeah. That didn't happen here. But in fact, it did. Of course, it happened in LA. <laughs> LA is a lot of people. There's bound to be some racist laws. And, you know, bullies them. So, damn. That's cool. Until they get the full worth of it. So, Chaz, we were talking about beaches. Eminent domain and racist policies that through the real estate. Man, that's unfortunate. $1,000 in 1912 with a business on a beachfront that catered to black people. Would have been some money, man. They took it to build a vacant park for 50 years. Uncool. Glad they get some money back. Hopefully they can make a new resort and call it. It was not until 2006 the city agreed to rename the park Bruce's Beach in honor of the evicted family. That honor, however, had been derided by critics as a hollow gesture toward the family. I agree. <laughs> Hundred years later, that would have built up a wealth for generations. It's disgusting. Anyway, there's dropshipping, though. Learn the past, continue on the future. That sucks. Other headlines, dude. Uh, where are we at here? Oh, I didn't press record. But I press record on Zoom. I'm going to stop it and come back for the third trimester. Vado. 070 Shake. There was one Votto song. Ah, I forgot what it was called, man. I think it was like a Votto Kid Cuddy joint. What was the one Votto song? Yeah, yeah. It's called You Killing Me. It was the one Votto song I listened to. But I bumped it on my PlayStation. Ricker and Bond. A Bondless Ricker and Bond. A Ricker and Bond that has been dominated by. Bruce's L.A. Beach, dominated by my notes, dominated by, what else have we gone on about here? Uh, Bill Gates' farmland. Kind of get into some, some, some class politics, really. <laughs> Just what popped up. Other things I have in my notes. Robin Hood sued by Massachusetts regulators. To revoke Robin Hood's license, brokerage sues back, dude. Massachusetts regulators on Thursday sought the revocation of Robin Hood's broker-dealer license after charging that it encourages inexperienced investors to place risky trades without limits, while the online brokers sued to invalidate a new rule underlying the case. Massachusetts Secretary of State Bill Galvin sought the revoca revocation. I'm gonna, I need to define that word real quick. Revocation. The official cancellation. Okay. Revocation, official 
cancellation. In a revised administration case announced shortly after Robinhood sued in state court in Boston to challenge a fiduciary standard of conduct his office adopted last year. Robinhood, which is seeking to go public through an initial public offering in a blog post called the Regulator Elitist and said it was seeking to reinstate the financial barriers that Robinhood was founded to break down. Galvin announced the case against Menlo Park, California-based Robinhood in December before the social media-driven rally in stocks. Oh, that's interesting. Before the GME stuff? Hmm. Hmm. Well, interesting timing there, Massachusetts. Hmm. <laughs> Driven by retail investors using Robinhood and other apps. Drove up the shares price. Does Robinhood give people that have not bought stocks or, more importantly, traded stocks the ability to do that without caution? Yes, it certainly does. Should they have that ability, a nice frictionless way to get into a financial market? I think they should. And when they <laughs> go broke, they'll either be in poverty forever and learn what not to do in the future. But maybe get some education in there. But it is kind of, I mean, you click I agree and then you uh, you agree to go broke, basically. If you do it wrong. Shout out Master Investor, old for five to ten years, quality companies there, boys and girls. Not financial advice. Um, Robin Hood was accused of using aggressive tactics to attract inexperienced investors and failing to prevent outages on its platform. He alleged the app-based service used strategies that treated trading like a game to lure young, inexperienced customers, including by having confetti rain down for each trade made on its app. I mean, that's kind of like the only <laughs> the only thing people have talked about of young traders getting incentivized to do it, which is confetti. They made a better user interface that will attract more young users and getting on Charles Schwab beige.com. Even like their apps are probably trash too. But I mean confetti, if confetti's the only thing, come on. If confetti's the only thing that is your aggressive tactics, I mean, it brought in young people and probably just like old people lose money by doing stuff they're uneducated about. Maybe you have a Robin Hood financial education branch. You could always probably profit pretty well with that. You got some education in the Robin Hood app already, but I don't know. Even, even it could be said, the more you do educate someone, and not knowing fully experienced-wise or the depth of the information they're taking in, you get on Robin Hood, you probably lose a whole lot of money if you're not smart with it. But even if you are smart with it, you could probably lose a lot of money. You can be the most informed person, have some bad risk management. Down goes your money, bro. Case is the first enforcement action brought under a state fiduciary rule that took effect in September that raised the investment advice standard for brokers. I think that was saying like, some brokers, you don't have to do what's best for your customer. 
You just get that bottom line. The difference between a fiduciary and a broker. But I think there's some law that was like, hey, you guys gotta like inform people not to lose all their money. I think, I don't know. Robinhood in its lawsuit argued that Galvin lacked authority. Ying got the stance there, Galvin boy says Robinhood and I forget his Russian name, Vlad. To override a long-standing conclusion by Massachusetts' top court that brokerage firms like itself are not considered fiduciaries of their customers. I was about to say customers. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Brokers are not fiduciaries, so they don't have to give a fuck, basically. Instead, the state's legislature has done nothing to change the court's determination and that he lacked authority to adopt his rules saying, suck it, you Massachusetts scum. Do whatever I want, dude. Robin Hood, Vlad for life. Robin Hood said the rule also creates an obstacle for federal regulation, saying the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, otherwise known as the SEC, in 2019 adopted its own rule governing brokerage firms that explicitly rejected the standard Galvin was enforcing. Mm. They said, oh, they've tried to do this in the past, and you got feted. Boom. Galvin viewed nationally. Galvin, viewed nationally as an aggressive state securities regulator, in a statement called the lawsuit another example of Robin Hood's complete rejection of responsibility to their customers. I'm pretty sure brokers don't have that much responsibility to their customers. In fact, I think most brokers want them to run up their check and run it straight to the ground using their platform. I think that's how they make the most money. I wonder how do they if they make more money from people blowing up their accounts than... Obviously, from people <laughs> keeping their accounts. I don't know. Maybe it's just the transaction they get most of the money on. Let's take a look at some money markets, eh? Bitcoin. Up. Let's go crypto first. Bitcoin, as of April 15, 6.09 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 2021, is 6,300, no, 63,380. 63k ether is 2.5 thousand keeping some levels there some key levels there going to the day here day you had your big spike up to your thousand like five-ish I don't even know yet. Went up to like close to two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to run up to 2,000 to in like f- mid-February. Ether did. Drop down exactly to a Fibonacci. Up. Test that 2,000 again, basically. Go down another perfect Fibonacci. And then you break that level above 2,000. And they're keeping it hard couple days slow altcoin doge has its day in the shine dude i think bond has some doge he's gonna rub in everybody's face god that's a that's a chart there on doge that's a chart there on doge they said we can get to a penny dude it's already at two so this their penny thing they're like yo it's a penny and that was that was the all-time high didn't go to a full penny but 
They're like, Yo, you think we're just going to go to a penny? You think we're going to stop at a penny? Man, let me bring that in there. And he said, nah. No, nah, we're not going to stop at a penny. We're going to actually double that. <laughs> Look at this. This is Doge. That's Doge. <laughs> I feel like Doge... No, this is Bitrex. Doge didn't start in 2020. Doge didn't start in 2020. I don't think so. Oh, that's funny, dude. There's a, a brokerage crypto. I can't zoom in. Oh, well. Called Bing Bong. <laughs> Bing Bong. Um, cryptos are up, dude. Alts are up. It's alt season. Cardano. Big fan of Cardano. Staking some Cardano. It's uh, above my level. I bought it like that. Is it keeping some pivotal levels here? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. My um, other altcoins have just a little bit of scratching. And doing horrible. Once they make that break, I don't know. I'd probably hold it for a couple years. Or break even, put that money into other stuff. Spy up a percent. NASDAQ up percent and a half. Russell, almost half percent. Dow Jones, almost a full percent. Quarter under. Do the VIX. VIX is going lower and lower here, boys and girls. And from what I hear, from people who have studied it more than me, get a little optimistic when it's about a little couple couple cents below it is right now. A little 16-ish. Remember I'm calling that too. It's interesting. Hits those points. Has it done this historically? No, no. Vix is something to watch. Vix is something to watch. Um, other headlines. China Semiconductor. These people in the Senate are like, yo, uh, we're going to try to cut off these chip by China's. Restrict sales of chip-making tools to Chinese companies, similar to an action taken against telecommunications equipment maker Huawei. So they're like, yo, China's creeping up on us, y'all. Do you want to, like, we have, like, a chip shortage? Do you want to, like, make sure they don't make chips? And that's what a couple senators are like, yo. You think it's a good idea? Hey, go to China. Make sure they don't make chips. Um, sure, U.S. companies as well as those from partner and allied countries are not permitted to sell the communists the rope they will use to hang us all. Damn. That is that is pretty, pretty uh, heavy words there. But it's kind of, you know, semiconductors seem to be a thing in the non-digital space that is hinging on the future of the world in electronics, electric vehicles and whatnot. Rule requires U.S. licenses to sell semiconductors made abroad with U.S. technology to Huawei should apply to any Chinese company designing more advanced ships at 14 nanometers or below. The letter dated April 13 was made public on Thursday. Seek licenses for the sale 
electronic design automation, EDA software, don't know what that is, among other curbs on chip-related sales to Chinese companies. Would definitely be a poker chip for the U.S. economy to get an upper hand on semiconductors. A representative, representative of the Commerce Department acknowledging receipt of the letter noted that seven Chinese supercomputing entities were placed on a trade blacklist last week. The agency says it is continually reviewing circumstances to determine whether additional actions are warranted. The United States last year issued a rule requiring licenses for sales of semiconductors to Huawei made overseas with U.S. chip-making equipment, expanding its reach to hold exports to the company. A little Chinese-American, little trade war going on a little bit. I'm a little for it. Ray Dalio got me scared of the Chinese taking over a little bit. And the U.S. has a little bit more morals, I think. Just a funny bit. <laughs> uh, I was listening to another show that was like, yeah, we do bad shit, but like, I think if there's a one country that you'd probably have as a standard bearer of morals in the world, it might be the U.S. No, no, no. I mean, the British has got back some beachfront property. It's California State, but I'm sure some state goes fed. I'm going to wrap it up, folks. I learned a lot of things. The Bruce's family. That person's opinion on Bill Gates and farmland. But actually, you know, goes hand in hand. And I, I do see now why the themes were the same. Because I thought of the Bruce thing because of that person's opinion. Peace on, what was it, Wall Street? The Guardian. What does this man propose to do? Uh, yeah, is he saying to do something? What does he propose? Land ownership is becoming concentrated into fewer and fewer hands, resulting in a greater push for monocultures and more intensive industrial farming techniques to generate greater returns. One percent of the world's farms controls seventy percent of the world's farmlands. One report found is that true? I don't know. The biggest shift, this is obviously a specific bias of an article, but take that with a grain of salt. The biggest shift in recent years come from small to big farms. Principal danger of private farmland owners like Bill Gates did not. Their professed support of sustainable agriculture often found in philanthropic work. It's a monopolistic role they play in determining our food systems and land use patterns. That's an interesting point. Interesting point there, Mr. Nick. Small farmers and indigenous people are more cautious of the use of land. Bond would bring up putting forests on fire. <laughs> Loves bringing up forests on fire. And saying, oh, imagine people just looking at a forest on fire. He's saying, yeah, that's true. Um, for indigenous caretakers, land use isn't premised on a return of investments about maintaining the land for the next generation, meeting the needs of the present and respect for the diversity of life. I think if you put those morals into modern farming, that'd be a good thing. Maybe that's what Mr. Bill Gates wants. You get a little monopoly on the land, sure, but I mean, if you have those morals with it, maybe a little democratic way of doing some land, maybe some voting on on-chain voting. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. 
Um, that's why lands still managed by indigenous peoples worldwide protect and sustain 80% of the world's biodiversity practices and anathema. I don't know the word anathema. Can I look that up? Anathema, something or someone that one vehemently dislikes. Ah, anathema to industrial agriculture. So they're saying industrial agriculture does not like that 80% of the world's biodiversity comes from the land still managed by indigenous peoples. 80% of the world's biodiversity. What's biodiversity mean? Hmm. Interesting. Average person has nothing in common with mega landowners. Probably not. Probably not. The land we all live on should not be the sole property of a few. Probably not. But, I mean, you know, if you're capitalized, you can do it in America. The billionaire knows best mentality attracts from the deep seas of realities of colonialism and white supremacy and ignores those who actually know best how to use and live with the land. I think, I mean, maybe we learn from each other, maybe here, you know, get some scientists, maybe some indigenous folks, seeing what they use with their land, see if it does bring a lot of life to the land, see how we can incorporate that with the modern technology of scaling. You know, got to feed a lot of people countrywide rather than just kind of tribe-wide, you know. Billionaires have nothing to offer us in terms of saving the planet unless it's our land back. I think I disagree with that. Definitely took some land there, but I think they might be able to offer something. Not a lot, a lot of capital there, Nick. I still... You didn't really propose something there, Nick. Just the native practices of land managing, which I think can be incorporated to some more modern technology farming. Maybe even start your own firm there. I guess that's still capitalized. Might not like that. Okay, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you Monday.